Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hello everybody, great to see you this morning. Fantastic to be in church here with our friends at Elevation. It is great. You know, we love coming to church. You know, it's more than just fellowship and catching up with people. It's to be in God's presence, right? To be in a place where you are making a difference because we love Australia. We want to see great things happen in our nation. Is that your heart? Me too, me too. And I tell you what, uh, I want to just honour uh, Bronson and Gabby. What an incredible pastors in your church. I love their passion. I love their integrity. I love the way that they are just set in line to do God's work and, and all that he wants. Thank you, Larry. I've got to be right in the middle. <laughs> I'm a very central guy. And uh, you know what? Larry and Norma are two of the legends of INC movement who have been here. These guys opened the door for Victoria in our INC movement many, many decades ago. <laughs> Um, but they have made such a huge difference uh, to this nation and to what INC is doing in the South here. So we just love you, Larry and Norma. And Miles and Bonnie, incredible leaders over Elevation Movement. Uh, those guys, we've known them for many, many years and uh, they are really punching through and making a difference in our INC movement and right across Australia. So it's great to be here. We're excited and the theme is worship and we want to share some things today that I pray and I hope that the Holy Ghost will just so inspire you to think, I want to worship. I want to go beyond, you know, where I've ever been before. I want to take it to the next level. That is what I want to see, you know. And the first message that Miles, Pastor Miles spoke was to inspire us to worship. And he began to share all sorts of great ideas about why it was important and, and some of the keys about how to worship effectively. Larry did a great message last week and he shared about the reason for worship and that is breakthrough giving you some victories, giving you some ways to penetrate the work of the enemy and see great things happen. Amen. And uh, so I want to share with you today uh, just a story. And we've been talking a lot in our movement lately about redigging the wells. Dig again the wells of revival. I don't know if you've heard that terminology or not before, but some of the things that God has done in our movement over the last few decades, and he's starting to stir us again to enter into something greater, something better. And I can remember when Chris and I first became Christians, we were in our 20s, and we were involved in youth ministry in the church in Brisbane. And I can remember some times of worship when literally we would be singing and worshipping for up to two hours, non-stop, and honestly, it felt like five minutes. I can remember those times. I remember even one time I was in the office with one other person, a friend of mine, uh, Tony Slaughter, his name, he was playing guitar and we began to worship God. A whole hour just went bang like that. I, oh, hang on, it's already 10 o'clock, we've got to get some things done. How does that happen? How does it happen that we get so 
involved in, in worship, so involved in praise and loving God that time just disappears. Because the presence of God has captivated our hearts. Amen. Don't you want that? Me too. And not just Sundays, but prayer meetings and other opportunities we've got. Today, the message is about worship as a lifestyle. Worship that impacts us all day, every day. Not just Sundays. Not just the prayer meeting night, but all through our days and our weeks Let's share a little bit about worship in that regard. I want to share with you this verse, Psalm 100, verse 4. And you'll know this one really well. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. Bless and praise his name. You know, as we approach God... It's a bit of a journey, you know, sometimes we're not feeling in a good mood and, you know, our first approach is we complain. And God, what's going on? You know, that guy just cut in front of me and now I'm late for work. You know, when are you going to help me with my things and this and that? And, you know, I've just had this pain for so long and, you know, we get a bit closer to God, we actually realise how good he is and we start to thank him. Thank you, God. Thank you for today. And, you know, we get a little bit closer to God and we move to praise. God, you're amazing. You're wonderful. Your faithfulness is above the clouds. Your name is above every other name. But we go to the next level is worship. Worship means to bow down. In the Old Testament, the word worship is in there 64 times. 53 times of those, it means to bow down in homage. All the other 11 times is completely nothing to do with God. It's about people worshipping idols. So 100% of the terminology for worship in the Old Testament is this thing about bowing down. What does that mean? To bow down means to surrender. It means that we acknowledge God is Lord. He is master. He is in control. He is the only one who is above all and over all. And we are choosing to submit our whole hearts to him, right? You know, when you think about just our relationship with our kids or our spouse or our friend at work, you know, we sometimes can begin with thanks. Oh, thanks, darling, for that beautiful dinner you made. Thank you so much. But the relationship gets closer. We we start to praise the ones we love. We say maybe to our kids, you guys have done so well. That was the best game you ever played. You're incredible. It's beyond thanks, isn't it? Thanks for mowing the lawn, son. No, I see what you're doing at school. You've overcome. I'm amazed at how good you've done. You're a great student, son. But we don't go to that level so much with people, worship, to surrender. That's where we go with God. Say, God, you got all of me. A hundred percent. So what is the overall purpose of these messages? These last two weeks, today and next Sunday, what is it all about? Why is Elevation grabbing hold of this thought about worship? It's to inspire and encourage all of us to enter into worship of our God. 
to dig deeper wells, to go beyond our present experience, to honour and bow down our lives before God because he is so worthy. He is so honourable. If we can inspire you to move closer to God, that's our goal. To fall in love with Jesus all over again. To discover his love, his power, his grace, so that you can enter into worship in a way that you've never done before. To go to the next level. What's the reason why we want that? Do you want to know? It's because it's life changing. It is because when we worship as a congregation, we actually open the heavens over our lives and over our community. There are countless stories in the Old Testament where God's people were in trouble, overcome by the enemy, but they gave themselves to praise and worship. And the enemy was defeated. Man, I don't want to miss church one Sunday. Not even one. Not only because I love hanging out with you guys, but I want to see Melbourne changed. I want to see something supernatural happen. And you know what? When we get here together with one another, we start to lift up our hearts and worship, the heavens are opened. The devil starts to go, oh no, oh no, oh no. And here they go again. They're starting to worship. How can we shut them down? How can we shut them down? How can we keep them home? Let's keep them home. Let's not let them get to church. Because worship makes a difference. It's changing your life, but it's changing Melbourne. Psalm 22, verse 3, but you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. When we start to praise and worship God, it says he's enthroned in our praises. The presence of God starts to move. People get healed. I have seen people healed in worship. I've seen people stand there in worship, tears streaming down their face. And in their heart they're going, oh God, I realise now, I realise you died for me. I realise that I'm set free. I realise that you care about And our lives are changed. Because in that moment we've just opened the heavens. Don't you want to worship? Don't you want to get to church? Don't you want to see your lives change? And now let's relate all this back into our day-to-day living. Can we do that? Look at this story with me. It's a story of the demoniac of Gadarenes. And we're looking at Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And this is an amazing story. It says this, When they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes, And when he had come out of the boat, that's Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had been dwelling among the tombs and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains and the chains had been pulled apart by him, the shackles broken in pieces, 
neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out, cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. He cried out with a loud voice, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For... He had said to him, come out of that man, unclean spirit. And then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion for we are many. Imagine what's happening. We have crossed the Sea of Galilee in a boat. The disciples with Jesus, they pull up on the shore and the disciples are getting out. They're stepping onto the sandy ground there. And all of a sudden you hear this, ah! The disciples' hair on the back of the neck goes up. They're looking at each other. What the heck was that? Jesus has already been in prayer early that morning. He knows what's about to happen. This man comes tearing down the hill. He's covered in dirt, dried blood. His hair's in an incredible mess, cuts all over his body. He's running down towards Jesus, screaming at the top of his voice. All the disciples, back in the boat. I want to hide. (laughs) Who is that crazy man? Jesus is just down there. Come on. And that man came roaring down towards Jesus. Not to hurt Jesus, but came tearing down the hill, screaming and yelling. His life, a total mess. Unclean spirits, evil spirits living inside him, many evil spirits. His life totally destroyed. He'd been cutting himself with stones, self-harm, suicide thoughts, hatred, desperation. His life completely ruined. He couldn't live with his family. He couldn't live even with any person. He's naked Clothes gone, living in the tombs, living in a cemetery. His life, the worst possible demonstration of a person whose life is completely controlled by the enemy. Except for one thing. When Jesus arrived, he went to Jesus. And I want you to know this morning, church, the devil is not going to worship Jesus. When these words came out of his mouth, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, I implore you by God, you do not torment me. That's the devil talking, not this man. But still the agency of this man is so strong that a ton of devils cannot stop him getting to Jesus because he is the answer and I will get through anything. I will go anywhere. I will push through the pain. I will push through the bad thoughts. I will push through everything the enemy's tried to do. I want Jesus because he is my answer. And he came and he bowed down at the feet of Jesus. And that's when the devil starts reacting. Oh, don't torment me, don't torment me. I don't even want to be here. And Jesus says, come out of him, unclean spirit. What is your name? 
My name is Legion, we are many. That all those evil spirits left. When Jesus said, come out, they had to go. And the next few verses says that man is clothed and in his right mind. And the disciples are going, wow, wow. Can you see worship open the door for that man to be set free? And if a ton of devils could not stop him coming to Jesus... I want to tell you today, nothing can stop you coming to Jesus. Nothing can stop you from getting your freedom, your answer, your life that you need on a day-to-day basis. And this happened, not in the synagogue, not in a church, not in a place of worship. This happened on a hillside beside the Lake of Galilee. This is talking about day-to-day stuff. And maybe Jesus is not physically present in your Situation, but he's there by his spirit. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. We worship when we realize and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and he is the answer. The one we can rely upon. Worship when it's in your lifestyle is always a sacrifice. We are sacrificing what the flesh wants, what the unsaved bits of our memory want. We are coming to Jesus to surrender. Let me give you some examples of day-to-day worship. You get up in the morning, you feel like entertaining your soul with some social media or television. But you bow your heart in worship and spend time in prayer and worship. Surrendering your whole life to God as you begin your day. Worship is something we can do anytime, anywhere. It's about surrender. Number two, you arrive at work and that person who made life difficult for you is in the office and they are mouthing off at somebody else. You feel like venting. You feel like accusing them and telling them just how awful they are. You, you think to yourself, I know better. They have got no right to talk to that person like that. But at that moment, the thought of worship comes into your mind. You go, I'm going to surrender to God. In my heart... I surrender, I worship, I bow down to God's plan for my life and I forgive them that despitefully use me. I bless them that curse me. I do good to them. And as you change your thinking like that, God gives you an idea about how to bless them. That's called walking in the Spirit. (laughs) But it begins with worship because worship is surrender. Number three, at lunchtime comes, you're off down to the cafe with a couple of fellow workers. It's fun hanging out. But your friends are talking about some media story where a church leader has failed 
And they're saying some terrible things about religion and churches and Christians. It would be so easy just to agree or just to stay quiet. But the thought of worship comes into your mind. And you surrender to God. And you ask him for wisdom. And God gives you a way forward. You might say something like this. Hey guys, you know I'm a Christian, right? Can I give you a different perspective? None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. One bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch. That's why we need Jesus. He died for us and took all the punishment we deserve. Might change the conversation a little bit. Worship is surrendering to God's purpose at that moment, to what he wants. He's the master controller. Not what I feel like, not what I think would be wise, not what I think I want to do, not what I can do to get a pay rise or anything else. What does he want? Surrender equals worship. Number four, you're struggling with anxiety or depression. You feel like giving up. You feel like telling everyone how hard it is for you. But worship comes to your mind. And instead, you bow your heart to God and you declare his goodness. You put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness and things start to lift. Worship is bowing down to God's way, to God's truth, to God's plan. Paul described it like this in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I live in this body, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Worship, 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 worship. Surrender, 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 surrender. We do make mistakes. We do fail sometimes. We do go backwards. We do pander to the flesh at times. But where we want to go is we want to go to the place of surrender. Let me tell you one more story before we finished. This is about David, King David and his mighty men. 2 Samuel 23 verses 14 to 17. At that time David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was in Bethlehem. And David longed for water and he said, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well that is near the gate of Bethlehem. So three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines. They drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. How does this relate to worship? Let me tell you. These men risked their lives to honour David. They knew that just the drink of water itself was not the big thing. It was the fact that it came from Bethlehem. A town that belonged to Israel but was then inside enemy territory. So this water 
represented breakthrough, victory, boldness, faith that will overcome the enemy. But David did not take it as the one to be honoured. He gave what was rightfully his and gave it to God as an act of worship. David put God first. David honoured God above himself and turned the mighty men's courage into an offering to God, which was making their bravery and faith upgraded from a gift to David until it became an offering to Almighty God. A lifestyle of worship happens when we refuse to boast about our own accomplishments and we thank God for all that he's done. A lifestyle of worship happens when we honour others above ourselves. It's all part of surrender, isn't it? A lifestyle of worship happens when we put God first in the giving of our finances. A lifestyle of worship happens when we put God first in the priority of our time management. A lifestyle of worship happens when we put church first before all sorts of other activities available to us. I don't want to miss this opportunity to honour and worship our God, our Creator. Worship is to bow down. To bow down means to surrender. It means we acknowledge that God is the only Lord, that he is the master, he is the controller, he is above all and over all, and we are choosing to submit our whole hearts to him. When we do all worship together, we actually create an atmosphere for the presence of God to come and touch us with exponential effectiveness. I don't want to be on the outside of that circle. I want to be on the inside, not only making it happen, but experiencing the breakthrough. I don't want to encourage you, no matter how good a singer you are or not, no matter how hard it is to raise your hands or not, As you come to church, don't you spectate. Don't you sit there or stand there watching these amazing people on the stage. Enter in. Enter in at home, at work, wherever. Be a surrenderer. But when we are in church, enter in. Will you commit to entering into worship to a greater level from now on? Can you answer that question? Will you commit to entering into worship to a greater level from now on? Can I give you one more reason to worship? This is a quote from Charles Haddon Spurgeon, one of the greatest preachers that ever lived in the the 1800s. Took a church from a few people to 10,000 in London. And this quote Chris and I read the other night when we do our, our nighttime prayers together and it just was so inspiring. How heart cheering to the believer is the delight which God has 
in his saints. We cannot see any reason in ourselves why the Lord should take pleasure in us. We cannot take delight in ourselves for we have often to groan being burdened, conscious of our sinfulness, deploring our unfaithfulness. We fear that God's people cannot take much delight in us either, for they must perceive so much of our imperfections and our follies that they may rather lament our infirmities rather than admire our graces. But we love to dwell on this transcendent truth, this glorious mystery, that as a bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so does the Lord rejoice over us. We do not read anywhere that God delights in the cloud-capped mountains or the sparkling stars, but we do read that He delights in the habitable parts of the earth and that His delights are in the sons of men. We do not find it written that even the angels give His soul delight. Nor does he say concerning the cherubim and seraphim, you shall be called Hephzibah, which means the Lord delights in you, as he says to Judah. But he does say all that to poor fallen creatures like ourselves, debased, depraved by sin, but now saved, exalted, glorified by his grace. In what strong language he expresses his delight in his people. Who could have conceived that the Eternal One would be bursting forth into song? Yes, it is written, He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in His love. He will joy over you with singing. As he looked upon the world he had made, he said, it is very good. But when he beheld those who are the purchase of Jesus' blood, his own chosen ones, it seemed as if the great heart of the infinite could not restrain itself any longer, but overflowed in divine exclamations of joy. Should we not utter our grateful response to such a marvellous declaration of His love. And us sing, we will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Can you imagine God is singing over you? He loves you so much. He redeemed you. Today, do you realise how much God loves you? Do you realise the extent to which Jesus went on the cross to die for you? And now today, if you've never done this before, you can surrender your heart to Jesus and receive Him as your Saviour, to have your sins forgiven. And if you would do that this morning, can I lead you in a prayer, responding to this love God has for you? we bow our heads in prayer together today 
And I'd love you to say this prayer after me. My Lord Jesus, I come to you and I surrender. Take my sins, wash them away and give me a new heart. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Be my Lord and Saviour. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If anyone prayed that prayer for the very first time today, let them enter in right now into worship. We thank you for it, Jesus. I'd love our music team to come right now. Oh, they're already here. And we're just going to sing that worship chorus we did just before.